I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzzer Report. And I'm John Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the CNET podcast of indeterminate length. Hey. That is exactly how long it is. That is... It, it is... You can count on it. Exactly. It will be indeterminate every time. Yep. Never the same. <laughs> it's like snowflakes. Hey, bloggers are blogging about splogs and splogging. Is it a spam It's clogging their RSS feeds. <laughs> There's a fabulous story on news.com today that I believe contains almost exclusively made up words. Like, <laughs> okay, the story is about what they have termed a spamalanche, tmnews.com, of fake <laughs> blogs, which they're calling splogs because they're spam blogs. Clever. Yes. So these spam bloggers or sploggers have used blogspot to create a bunch of fake blogs and then it's overflowing these RSS feeds or clogging them as i may have said earlier with splogs so if i go so then say you so you you get basically if you have an aggregator type Mm -hmm. rss feed that pulls in say all new blogspot blogs or whatever feedster technorati yeah those those kind of things you'll get get a bajillion of these that's also a made-up word but it came from me not news.com which which is (laughs) bajillion oh yeah you'll get a bajillion different links to sites that turn out to be fake and then they actually go to like poker sites and tobacco sites and stuff because the some these splogger hacker types have figured out how to um use bots to create a whole bunch of fake sites at once yeah apparently what they do is they take text from bloggers real websites like a chris perillo or somebody like that somebody that's searched a lot uh (laughs) name drop well no it's what they said in news.com along with links to the mortgage that's not made up word and other sites um all you know, so you think you're getting right a a a, a page a legitimate from blog. Chris Perillo, and instead you're getting a page with links to mortgage sites. Yes, brilliant. And one blogger refers to it as a splog explosion on the blogosphere. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> Why does all new web technology have to be filled with made up words? You know, it's too bad that phishing was not also involved with the pH, because then we'd have like the perfect ten. You know, if you have too many splog explosions in the blogosphere, we're going to have to ha- uh, have sparms limitations. <laughs> Farms. <laughs> Is that like splog farming it could with cause, a pH? It could cause a nuclear splinter. <laughs> nice, nice. This is pretty alarming. Though. I'm not saying this is not a serious problem. It's just an absolutely ridiculous story. The interesting thing about Can it, we, though, do we have to, to go with splog, splog explosions, blogosphere? And why not? It's fun to say. You can't deny it's fun to say. <laughs> yeah, but it it does tend to reduce the seriousness of the possible threat. Well, and I think this isn't quite as bad as spam, although I could be proved wrong. But I didn't notice it. Because my RSS mm. reading is very specific. Like right. I subscribe to particular sites. And so I, I wasn't fooled. It's only if you're going after the aggregators or using the search engines. And that's where it's pretty right. insidious is trying to use a search engine, thinking you've gotten a proper result and then being redirected. It's, well, a, it's, it's like also, an easy way of spoofing. It's kind of a problem for people who are starting blogs that they're launching on Blogspot. <laughs> uh, launching on Blogspot and they're trying to get attention for because what the people from PubSub say is that they may eventually just have to stop including, filter out any entries that come from Blogspot addresses. Personally, I think you only have any geek cred if you host your own blog, but well, and I understand is, that not everyone has those resources, even though it's like nine ninety nine a month. And this is, you know, this is the way it was with spam. At, this is the way it was at spam at first. For yeah. a while, people were like, well, we're just going to have to block all email from yahoo.com addresses because it's too easy to set them up. <laughs> right. So Blogspot is going to have to figure a way to combat it on their end. And then, you know, yes. yeah. They'll have to halt the spam lunch. There will be a halt to the spam lunch. <laughs> there will be some sort of protection. <laughs> In other less ridiculous news, uh, Netflix. This is sad. I'm sad about this. Netflix has indefinitely postponed 
their test launch of the new um, online movie download service. They, we kind of saw this coming, though. Boo. Everyone saw it coming because they can't get the licensing stuff worked out with the movie studios. I mean, it's, it's enough controversy going buggers. around Apple who is like the 10-ton elephant, who right. is only able to get a little bit of licensing out of ABC and everybody's in an uproar about it. Yep. It's no surprise that Netflix couldn't get much done. Yeah, I mean, movies are obviously even, yeah. you know, they're talking about much bigger bucks. But it is tragic because it's kind of, I don't know. It was like the thing that was going to make TiVo, save TiVo, this partnership with Netflix, and you'd be able to download a movie right through your TiVo, which would just be so awesome. It is amazing Why how... Why does capitalism insist on ruining the coolness of future technology? Because it's not capitalism. It's the what? regulation of capitalism that's causing the problem. Digital rights management, copyright law. Not to say that those things aren't. Yeah, I mean, but those are out all the those instruments things... of capitalism because they're what allow you to continue making profit. But if it was an entirely free market, then you wouldn't have this issue. Hmm. Are we having to talk about socialism? No, this is actually the opposite. Can we have a talk about so? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if it were a truly, yeah, but there, come on. You know, there's no such thing as a truly free market, right? But it, there could be a freer market. That's, yes. you know, and, that, and that's what's happening is we've got these old laws that aren't adapting to new realities. Yes, nor are they likely to because they protect the obscene profits of the not, people in charge. Not fast. They will have to eventually. Yeah, because, uh, well, because the technology will catch up. I mean, I, the the biggest, most unfortunate thing about this Netflix announcements, announcement is that what it does is postpone your ability to legally download movies, yeah. thereby ensuring that the only way you will download movies is illegally. And believe me, you will continue to download movies. This is like... It will not stop that. This is like mercantilism of, of the internet, <laughs> where, you, where you had unreasonable tariffs because people thought, well, we can have an entirely self-sufficient market back in the 1700s. It's the same thing. People are trying to control things. They don't understand it's a wider world than yes. they thought. Yes. Also, I like that 1700s metaphor. Tom reads a lot. I don't really read that. <laughs> Moving on. What you got? Uh, AOL, AOL laying off 700 Ouch. people. Uh, but, you know, this is 4% of their staff. It's a chunk, but it's almost entirely concentrated in the support centers. Hmm. So... My guess is this is just a symptom of the fact that the ISP portion of AOL's business is shrinking. So the, the eight subscribers that are left are not going to get a customer service then? Yeah, and the hilarious thing, I wish I could find the exact quote, but one of the quotes from an AOL official implied that, yeah, people don't need that much help anymore on the internet, <gasps> which is funny because this is AOL, right. <laughs> which is the people who need the most help yes. on the internet. Yes. In fact, up until recently, it was now thought that they needed their own little safe environment. Yeah. They the, couldn't be allowed out on their the own special internet. internet. Hey, that's kind of funny that we keep talking about, well, never mind. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. You left us all hanging Well, there. I was going to say, we keep talking about Google building their own internet, but AOL already did it, but they didn't really because they were using yeah, the same right. fiber that the regular internet was using. They but just made it look totally different. It's interesting. It's sort of similar. Yeah. Google's taking it one step further. Google's, taking, we'll Google's just, gonna have the internet advanced. We'll just take our internet and go home. <laughs> Fine. Fine. And we're gonna download all the movies we want. All right. Should we talk about Dvorak's column? Yes, I think this is very interesting. Did you read it yet? Mm, part of it. Yeah, I haven't read the whole thing yet. But <laughs> well, I got too mad. Basically, he says that Microsoft is undercovered and Apple is overcovered, mm -hmm. and it seems <laughs> that he is implying that tech writers and tech columnists, for example, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, and Fortune, are all Mac users. He's not implying that. That's exactly what he says. That's it a is, direct quote. It is a direct quote. The tech writers and tech columnists for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, and Fortune are all Mac users. But what he's implying 
is that because of that, that's why Apple gets overcovered. Right. And, and that quote, every time Steve Jobs sneezes, there's a collective chorus of gazoontite from tech writers pounding away on their Macs. I do not use an Apple computer, Nor except when I'm borrowing my wife's for some reason. But I don't, you know. My, and how often do you write about Apple? Um, mm? Every once in a while. Mm? Every once in a while. I mean, we well, cover yeah. Apple all the time. We talk about the iPod all the time. In fact, we get computer. Uh, we get confused. I'm making up words now. We get accused. <laughs> hey, you should work at News. <laughs> <laughs> we get accused of overcovering iPod on this very podcast. That is true. But you know what I'll say about this? iPod is the new Windows. In terms of an industry and technological force for consumers and for technological development, iPod is huge. Period. When you're talking about iPod, the reason it gets covered is because people like it. Yeah, They're they want to read about it. it. And we have the empirical data to bear it out. When it's we, not like people go, oh. I'm oh, sorry. It's an know. unfortunate truth. And there is no evaluation in this statement. But when we put a creative Zen link on the CNET front door, mm-hmm. it gets a third of the traffic as a link to an iPod right. on average. Roughly commensurate with its market share. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a fact of, of life. Now, where he might have a point is the, the industry coverage. Yeah. Oh, no. I absolutely think it's ridiculous that every time we hear about an Apple event, mm-hmm. we talk about it for two weeks. But really? Yeah, how are you going to not talk about it for two weeks? I mean, I mean it's people want to know what's going to happen. People are out there speculating. And this is this is one of the cases where I think the industry is following the blogosphere because you, the blogs go crazy. The forums go crazy. The consumers go crazy when they think there's going to be a new iPod in the water. It, it, people are interested. It's this chicken and egg thing. Right. And maybe they're only interested because we write about it all the time and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This is this is like just a microcosm of the criticism of the media in general. Yes, there's a pack mentality. Yes, everybody covers the same stuff all the time. Yes, they cover it to death like a song that you wish you'd never hear again on the radio. But come on. It's just Mac stuff? Give me a break, Dvorak. Agenda setting was a theory that was determined in the 70s at the University of Texas and there is a See, I told certain, you he reads a lot. There's a certain amount of effect that the media has on the agenda, but it is limited. Yes. And that agenda is never going to force people to think about or like things that they don't want to think about or like anyway. I can't figure out if he just says this kind of, I love I love the accusation that we all use Max and that's why we're all writing about <laughs> it. I think that's just fantastic. Does he actually like is he just flame baiting? That's kind of what I want to know. Yeah, well, the divorce, you know, he called the uh, the the original um, iMac a little. No, not the iMac. The uh, what was the first laptop that they came out with? The iBook. The, the iBook. He called yeah. the original iBook for little girls. He did. I mean, That's he true. Just, I remember that. He's a curmudgeon. He hates him. He just, well, and you know what? It's easy. It's easy to get to the point where you're fed up with Apple and you're fed up with Apple fans because they do go a little crazy and they write the crazy email. And you know, <laughs> Veronica. And sometimes Veronica's Veronica, not one of them. Our, our producer is. Well, they just both looked at me as they said that because we knew she was going to get all mad. <laughs> just to be clear, Veronica does not send the crazy emails. Um, it is easy to get fed up with the cultism around Apple. That does not mean that the products that they're putting into the marketplace marketplace are not significant. Yeah. They are. Well Come on. said. Thanks. All right. You can respond to us, buzz at cnet.com. And or we're sure you will. 1 800 616 Should we skip on down to our, uh, our voicemail? I think so. That leads us nicely into our voicemail. All right. This is a uh, comment for a. I don't think he identified himself, but he, uh, he had a comment on our interview with Jason Kalkan. I call him Bob. Um, first of all, you guys gave the wrong uh, 800 number on the Thursday and Friday podcast of last week. But um, what I wanted to comment on was the interview 
you had with Jason Kalkanis uh, from Weblogs, Inc. And um, yeah, it's not that I disagree with a lot of what he said, but um, I think there's a lot of myths about the idea that the Internet is this great leveler. And uh, I think it's a little bit disingenuous of him to suggest that now, as part of AOL, he's still on the same playing field as uh, any you know independent blogger that's out there. He's now got access to uh, AOL money and AOL techies and AOL marketing and, you know, any indie blogger who stayed up till 3 a.m. trying to debug their own code, I'm sure would love to have access to uh, all of AOL's techies. So, you know, I I get what he's saying, but I think um, at the same time, he's got a lot of big advantages now uh, with all of those resources at his disposal. And it, it's sort of like the cliche in football that, uh, you know, any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. Um, you know, we all like to believe it, but what we really mean is if that, you know, if one of those worst teams beat one of those better teams, we would still, uh, we'd still call it an upset. So, uh, I don't know. I just thought that he was blowing a lot of hype about, um, being, uh, on the same level as indie bloggers still. So that's all. This is uh, Steve on the train in Chicago um, who just happened to dial 1-800 instead of 1-888 and got the number right. Thanks, man, who we are calling Bob. Yes, I gave the wrong number. Bob, I we brought it, this up I multiple mentioned it times. Once, We've apologized. I, well, no, I'm going to I'm gonna apologize again. Oh, for crying It's 1-800-616-CNET. Yes. There we go. Okay. Now, on to that Calcana And I apologize stuff. to the insurance company that's yeah. probably been fielding our calls. <laughs> yeah, mostly we're sorry to them. <laughs> and AOL will change you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It, 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 he, he actually articulated that very well. I think I so. We'll see. All right. Uh, question to you, Molly. Okay. From David. Bring it on, David. Uh, this is David. Um, Molly keeps saying something about HD DVD that I don't quite get. She says that the... New HDVD, HD DVDs will play in old DVD players, like the one I have now? That doesn't seem quite right. Well, David, Bob, here's what I mean. The HD DVD format will not be backward compatible in that you will be able to play HD DVDs on your old DVD player, as far as I know. I think you will still have to buy new hardware for either of the new next-generation DVD formats. But as I understand it, you will be able to play your old DVDs in your new HD DVD player. And it's more backwards compatible than Blu-ray in terms of production. So third-party like duplication factories won't have to retool all of their equipment to put out HD DVDs, which means that they theoretically, they should be able to come to market faster and flood the market more quickly. Okay, so I can play all my old... I can just buy a new deck, but I can still play my backlog. As I understand it, yes. Yep. But that won't be true with Blu-ray. But that will not As, be true with Blu-ray. So, and why do you think... Blu-ray's going to win? Yeah, Forrester. Forrester. Hmm, yeah, Ted, Tony. <laughs> All right, we got an email from Ryan who says he prefers when we don't do interviews. Ah, and would that led us to wonder, what do the rest of you think? Yeah, this is something we would like you to sound off on. And, uh, and absolutely. if you like them, how often do you like Send them? Send us an email, buzz at cnet.com. 1-800- Oh, thank you. 800-616-CNET. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Mmm, spam a